A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. All right, I'm joined by Eduardo Encina, where uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks, of course, have lost to the Houston Texans 23 20. Uh, the game will be talked about for one thing, and that's that Jameis Winston had four more interceptions, including one on the first pass that he threw. That's the fourth time that's happened this year. Uh, the sixth time that the first series has ended in an interception, he had three in the first half alone. And yet he came back, he made some plays, the defense played very well. They had a chance to win this game, Eduardo. Um, but when you go back and you look at it, you realize that for all the good he's done maybe during this four-game winning streak, and there have been some turnovers along the way, um, you know, good teams will not let you beat them if you hand them the football. And Houston just sort of sort of outlasted the Bucks in this one. Right. I think, you know, we've kind of been talking about this a little bit, is that you know, no matter what, you know, this Bucks team has done a remarkable job of overcoming the turnovers, right, mm-hmm. and still being able to win games. But – you know, I think this shows what happens when you have that kind of scenario against a good football team. Right. Against a really good football team. This this Houston Texans team came here to Tampa and clinched an AFC South title here. So, yeah. you know, this this isn't, with all respect to the the Indianapolis Colts and the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> Why wouldn't we expect for them at all? <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is a much different game. So I think you're really starting to see a little bit of clarity in terms of the margin of error you really truly deal with here when – you 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 uh, you put a team a defense you know in bad field position constantly when you're constantly turning the ball over when uh, you know you just have have to overcome mistakes and that's what they had to do today now you know let's not forget that they were without Mike Evans and, and Chris Godwin mm-hmm. you know they're, they're two biggest receivers let's also not forget that you know the, the Houston Texans tonight really kind of just outlasted the Bucks almost you know what I mean like. Yeah, they didn't really run the ball really well. They're a great running team. Uh, Deshaun Watson didn't have his best game. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, who's one of the best receivers in the league, was held to 23 yards, which is his lowest total this you know this uh, this season. So the Bucks defense did a really good job, I think, in terms of uh, you know making sure that those mistakes didn't hurt them. Um, I think you know the, the the Texans only scored one touchdown in four red zone uh, possessions. So. Um, you, you know, you, you look at that, and, and there is kind of a little bit of a, of a, cl- of a silver lining to the cloud that this defense continues to get better uh, before our eyes as, as the season goes on. So, but again, it's all going to, like you said, to start this thing off, Rick, is it's all going to come back to Winston. It's all going to come back to the interceptions. You know, who knows? I mean, we could be looking at, uh, depending on what happens next week against the Falcons, which is not going to be a gimme game. Nope. Uh, you know, we could be looking at, at the first 30-30 man ever. That's true, and and I think that, you know, I mean, a week ago, and this is sort of how the season has gone, you know, it, it looked for all the world, and there was a report even before um, the game on Saturday by Ian Rappaport, uh, you know, that the Bucks were, quote, slated to uh, have Jameis Winston return probably under a franchise tag or a transition tag. I don't know what slated means. I mean, the Bucks, you know, quite frankly kind of said we haven't, and Bruce Arians said after the game, we haven't made a decision on any player 
until the season is over. Um, but, you know, that said, you know, you go 456 and 458 in passing yards in back-to-back weeks, and, and you have a four-game winning streak, five out of six. This would have been a really nice win for him. But even if they didn't win the football game, Jameis Winston continues to be the primary reason why this team loses games. The amount of points off of turnovers, and yeah, the defense has gotten better, and that's the shame of it, is this defense is playing really, really well. We saw Sean Murphy bunting last week, uh, returning an interception for a touchdown. Jamal Dean made a terrific play and returned at 30 yards to set up a score. I mean, the defense, you know, held Deshaun Watson and, and those guys, you know, Carlton Davis is playing terrific. I mean, all these guys have grown up and uh, they shut down the run. And yet, you know, when would you say you couldn't overcome 23 points against the Houston Texans at right. home? I mean, and the only reason is because of the guy with the, with the ball. And I don't know how many times he can come up there after the game in the podium and say, I have to have to stop turning the ball over. I have to do my job. I, it doesn't matter what the, what the situation is. But we still hear Bruce Arians talking about, well, you know, so the receiver's got to win one-on-ones. And, um, you know, there's, there's always just a little bit of underlying excuses. But there is no excuse for a guy that's thrown as many interceptions as he has at this point in, in his fifth year. And I, and I almost think that he, he tries too hard at home. I mean, most of his interceptions have come yeah. at Raymond James for whatever reason. It's like, you know, he said, he said it after the game, he said, I, I, I guess it's because I want to win so badly here. And I think he does. But this was a national TV game. This was an embarrassment for him because, you know, all week long, NFL Network had promoted this as the first game of the triple header. It was going to be Deshaun Watson against Winston. Winston was the hot quarterback, but, you know, he's a turnover machine. And, you know, Rich Eisen better not call any more of his games because, you remember, he was the one that called, NFL Network called the game over in London, and the first pass of the game there oh, that's right. uh, was an interception. So I don't know. I don't know where they go from here. I mean, they still got another game left to play, obviously. But this thing with Winston is just all-encompassing. It's like you can't get – I was trying to write yet another column about this guy or analysis. You just can't get from behind this. Yeah, and it's tough because, you know, I, I, I think we saw a little bit of a different Jameis Winston on the podium today because, you know, yes, he, he, he when, when he has a game like this, he's always a guy that says, I got to be better. I got to be better. Yeah. I got to be better. I do feel like today that was accompanied with a – we're not going to win unless. unless I stop turning the ball over. That's and right. I think this team did get a veiled sense of false security yeah. that they could win with this kind of formula. Yeah. And it's just not sustainable. That's it's just right. simply not sustainable. Yes, again, it goes back to it. You can beat the you know, six, five, seven win teams yes. like this, but you're not going to win – you're not going to beat the 10, 11, 12 win teams like you're this. You're not going to win a division. And you're not going to win a division. You might make the playoffs, but you're not going to get anywhere in the playoffs. Right, so, right. The, so what are we doing here? And I, we, we've, I think I've said this a couple weeks ago. It's like, what are we doing here? Are we trying to build a team that's just going to make the playoffs, that's going to be happy with 9-7 and seven or 10-6? Yeah. and six? Yeah. Or are you trying to build a team here to win, that, a, Super that, to win a Super Bowl? And, right. and that's really the big question you have to ask yourself with Jameis Winston. Two weeks ago, maybe it was a little bit easier to answer. Yeah. Last week, maybe it was a little bit easier to answer. But I think once again now, here we are, the same spot that we spent most of this season at. That's where we started. Is, is Can the Bucks win and go to the playoffs and go to the postseason and win games in the postseason and put themselves in a situation where they're playing for a Super Bowl? 
with Jameis Winston at quarterback. And look, Bruce Arians, you know, was was the the last best chance, of course. And I don't know. We still don't know what they're going to do. In all in all likelihood, if I if you know if you had to nail me down, I'd say you know what they're probably going to franchise him and then draft another quarterback somewhere and see if they can develop a young guy behind him. If Jameis, you know, plays well next year, gets the turnovers out of him, then then they'll ride him. If he doesn't, they'll replace him. But uh, this narrative, this you know. I mean, you know, there were some plays in this game, especially towards the end, where, you know, you could almost say, well, you know what, Jameis wasn't the reason ultimately at the end mm-hmm. that they lost the game, but he had already given up, you know, those turnovers. The last one coming um, when it was really, uh, he still had yet another chance to drive him down there. But, you know, th- there were some curious calls, too, in this game. I mean, let's go back to the end of the third quarter where Bruce Arians faces a fourth and one, and he has a chance to go for it at, you know, uh, the 27-yard line or thereabouts, um, or kick a 41-yard field goal to tie it. He goes for the tie. He He's not trying to – and I'm sitting here going, wait a minute, those are the guys that have something to lose. They're trying yeah. to clinch the AFC uh, South. It's not very no-risk and no-biscuit. Where's the no-risk – where's Mr. No-Risk-It? And he goes, well, I didn't like the play we had called. All right, call timeout and call another play. Or how about you get on the headset during those critical situations? I mean, that made no sense to me. So he ties the game up there, had a chance to go down and, and take the lead, which might have put more pressure on Houston. So Houston goes ahead with a field goal. And then they get in a situation where, you know, they make a few plays. There's still plenty of time to go down and, and either kick a field goal or score the game-winning touchdown. And he gets in a situation where it's third and one, and they hurry up to the line of scrimmage, and all of a sudden they run an off-tackle play, and it's shut down for a two-yard loss, I think probably because Ishmael Hyman missed a block. I'm not really sure. I mean, normally Chris Godwin would be in there on that play. And Chris Godwin ain't missing a block. And Chris, yeah, he ain't missing those blocks. And then, you know, then came the big drop, right? Fourth down, Cameron Brace wide open over the middle of the field. He delivers the ball right to him. And, and the guy he's thrown more passes to, I assure you, than anybody on that field on Saturday is Cameron Brace, you know, because Mike Evans wasn't there. And Godwin wasn't there, but he's been throwing to Brait since 2016. So they tried to win the way they did back then, and Brait drops the ball. And that was that was a tremendous chance for them. If they continue on that drive, they're likely to minimum tie the game even and maybe they, take the lead. Even if they don't go any further on that drive, the Brait catches that ball right around the 36 They're in field goal range. They're in field goal range Absolutely. that game. So Absolutely. Even if you don't, like, provided you don't take a sack or anything like that, to which, exactly. which Winston did at times today. Yeah. Um, you know, you're in a situation where where you can take and control the game, but right. yeah, it, it, it's one of those situations. There's 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 so many, and, and, and there's continued to be this, and this has to go into the equation too. Is there's such a so many fine line plays, you know, mm-hmm. and then and in the NFL, there's you know, it's a big difference between making the, those those. There's such a fine line between making those plays and not making those plays. Um, you know, we 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 saw a ball that you know. Jameis had Rashad Perriman wide open in the end zone. Missed him. Just just yeah. misses him. Just off, you know, just barely out of his reach. Yeah. He had OJ Howard down down the line on down the sideline on, on a deep ball, just out of his reach. OJ said he wished he, he had probably that ball should have caught he it. Probably should have caught yeah, it. Yeah, he dove for it. Right. Said maybe I should have run um, through it. So you know, a, a couple plays like that that maybe changed. It. Arians always kind of tries to give Jameis a little bit of a benefit of the doubt. You mentioned today, the wind, too. Yeah, today he said there was a difference between playing in the wind and playing in a dome like they did last week in Detroit. Could be. Now, maybe, but, you know, when when those little plays add up, you can kind of, you know, it kind of negates all that stuff. But, yeah. you know, it, 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 like you said, there were some plays that, I mean, Winston made a great play, I thought, and it was one of those plays like the, the typical Jameis, like just freelance kind of play. 
where he rolls right, oh. throws a, throws across the field to a guy who we all had to look in our scorecard. He wasn't even on the scorecard, mm. Cody McElroy, sure. to, to the four four yard line for a thirty one yard gain. Um, so, so he made plays. He, you know, we, he we talked, always we, makes we, plays. We talked yesterday right? about like guys, you know. Good players make make better make their guys their better. Guys better. Them, yeah, and he was dealing with for the most part a pretty rough uh, receiving core. He was, but he was he he did for the most part get the ball to some guys. You know, he get, McElroy had a had a thirty yard pass. Hyman had a thirty one yard pass uh, reception. Perriman, another big game, another hundred yard game. First time he's had back to back hundred yard games in his career. Yeah, uh, Justin could have had a really big day. Right, to your Justin, point. Justin Watson continues to to contribute. Um, touchdown! As much as yeah, he scored a, a touchdown in traffic. That was a that was a big, you know, big play for Winston. That it would, was. Uh, but you know, he, he's gotten guys involved. Ronald Jones, he he he, uh, he found a couple times in the flat, and uh, but but still, it all comes down to the turnovers. Like no, we can talk about the good for all we want, but it really just comes down to the the, the not being able to protect the ball. And I'll be honest, Houston. Is not a good defense. That that the reason why they made so many plays is that they're not very good. They gave up a forty, but a forty nine yard run to Ronald Jones, his longest of his career. Um, the the two big plays, the passing game that you mentioned. I mean, Vernon Hargraves is there for a reason. He, we know he's not a very good player, but yet, you know, he's the one that made the big stop on the yeah. third and one play, which I'm sure felt really good for Vernon. One thing Vernon said after the game, and he says, "Look, I admire Jameis because no matter what you do to the guy, he will not blink. You know, we 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 turn him over, and, and he's going to keep throwing it, and that's admirable because there are quarterbacks who will shrink once they make mistakes. You've seen them hold the ball and take sacks and." be afraid to make plays that's never been Jameis's deal um, but he also cannot wipe out the turnovers and not just turnovers but to start the game I I got a text from Bruce Kritkowski who I talked to for this piece I did on Sunday and after Jameis throws the interception on the first pass attempt he sends me a text and I hope I'm not giving Bruce up but it's true he sends a, he sends a text and he goes you can't make this up I mean, you can't you can't say I've never I've done this for thirty years. I've never seen a quarterback throw that many interceptions. Well, it's never happened right. on the first pass. I mean, it's four four times this season. His first pass in a game was picked off six times in the first series. He's thrown six pick six. That that ties a record, I think, that uh, Peyton Manning has held. You know, the two of them since nineteen fifty. I mean, the, these things are 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 just cataclysmic uh, uh, type events, and yet. Um, you know they they've got to find ways ways to overcome it. I, I, well, what, one thing Rick is is you know you, you don't you know, the reason things like this don't happen is because usually when you throw four picks in a game you don't play again. You don't play again. exactly. That's <laughs> exactly know? right. And so and so there's a different thing That's, here with Jameis because he because of the the, the ways the, the dynamic way that he can make plays right. and he can put up yards right. and he can lead a team back. So this is totally unprecedented. unprecedented and. You know, when they make this decision, they're going through uncharted territory here because there's not a comp here. There's no comp to say, okay, we can talk about Peyton Manning in 2001. We can talk about this. We can talk about that. Brett Favre. We can talk I mean, about you Brett hear Favre. Favre. Right. You hear we can about talk about yeah. This is entirely different, man, because you've never seen this. You know, especially you know when you when you do and, and let's let's give some credence to the weighted era stuff too. Is you know the, the, there's just nothing that compares to anything. That, that we're seeing here, so no. it's it, it's amazing to think of because we we are we are kind of being taken on a roller coaster here. You oh know? my god! And and you got to feel for the Bucks fans. Because- I can't imagine what it's like for them. And I've talked to some of them because some of them are, are people that are friends of mine that are season ticket holders. And 
they're like I they can't stand in some ways to watch the games because they it's just it's too much of a wild ride for them. They're just like, you know, he's up one day, he's up one series, he's down the next year, then you think he has hope, then he doesn't do it done, then he throws a pick. I mean, it, it just and, and imagine what it's like for the coaches. Imagine what it's like for Arians and for Clyde Christensen and for Byron Leftwich, you know, who's out there trying to figure out what plays can I call. You know, there's something I will say this that I think Somehow that, that that the Bucks are deficient because it's clear to me, early in games t- the corners are sitting on routes, they're squatting, and whether that means you're going to have to throw you know, um, out and ups or whatever you know a pump fake a guy and, and get him to bite because the, we've seen a couple games now, three games I think where the corner just absolutely just squatted on routes and 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 just jump things you know, the last the last interception was one that I thought he telegraphed. I thought he stared at Dari and Gubawale. I called the play maybe because I've seen too much football when they split in Gubawale out there. It was pretty obvious they were going to try to hit him in the flat near the sticks, and I, and I just felt like they telegraphed that one, and um, that that's how the game ended for the Bucks. But um, you know, it's it's unfortunate they had a chance for a winning season. Look, there's no shame. I think you said it after the game, Eduardo. There's no shame in losing to the Texans. The Texans are a 10-win right. team. They're AFC South Division champions for a lot of years now under Bill O'Brien since he's been there. But this is not a great Texans team. This is not. This is a team with Carlos Hyde. You know, um, there's a there's a different there's a much different identity to this. Yeah, team this, the, than, than there's the no one. JJ Watt. Yeah, there's, there's no, no Davian no Clowney. Clowney. The defense isn't doesn't create that much pressure as those great Texas Texas defenses no, used to. He had a lot of time uh, to throw the today. running game, which you went with that Lamar Miller, yeah. you know, guys like that who they just pound the rock forty times at you, and you they would just kill you. They were right? Relentless, yeah. yeah. And, and this this is a different identity of a team. It's much more led by Watson and his decision making. And, um, and Watson you know, I, was a little nicked up too. Yeah. Like he kept looking at his ankle or his foot or whatever, and I didn't think he 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 ran enough to to keep plays alive. But I didn't think he played particularly well. No, I don't think so either. So, hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff: shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. You know, okay, so what now? So now they now they got to play the Atlanta Falcons. They're still – I'm guessing they won't get Chris Godwin back. I don't know. Certainly Mike Evans is on IR, so he's out. So you're pretty much looking at the same cast of characters. I thought it was interesting that Bruce Arians was asked about, you know, what's, what's this last game going to be about? And he said – well, we need to we need to be eight and eight because I'll tell you right now these this team is not losers, so it's important for them not to have a quote losing season seven and nine, you know even I mean the guy said in the locker room after the game you know what eight and eight sounds a lot better than seven and nine it does mm-hmm. and and you can still say that you know you won six out of your last eight which is a hell of a finish and you know the, given the, how and it like started I said, there's there's the there are the excuses and maybe we should call these excuses now but like. The what ifs, you know. Right. What if? What if we get a, a, the, the punt, the fake fake field goal call in Tennessee? 
What if Matt something Gay happens makes better a field goal in, in, in San New York Francisco, game, yeah. right? Or New York, or, rather. Yeah. And you know, then that's a couple wins there. You know, right. what if a couple calls go our way? You know, stuff like that. that that's kind of the not, NFL not season, that far though. Away yeah, from it. they could convince themselves of that, but they still have the same question to ask, which is, what does next year look like? Right. We've got. You know, Shaq Barrett did not break the record, by the way. He's got one more game to do that. How about Jason Pierre-Paul? Jason Pierre-Paul, three sacks for a third time in his career, first time as a Buccaneer. And, you know, he, you know, he he's, he's, just un, he's just unlike any other dude. You know he what really I mean? He is. really is. He's just, he's, he, he always talks about how he's unstoppable. And, you know, if, if this guy is playing his last game as a Buccaneer next week, I think we're really going to miss him because we're going to miss his personality. We're going to miss the team what, will miss what, his what, intensity, what, right? What, what they miss in terms of giving an example in that locker room. Yeah, you know, this is a guy who you know he's a veteran guy. We we see you know we see guys like him. They're they're in their like reaching thirty. They're kind of banged up. They don't practice Wednesday, Thursday, but they can get it going on on Saturday or Saturday this week. But yeah, on Sundays right. and uh, you know Pierre Paul was just you know it was. I really think that Pierre, Paul, and Barrett—they have their lockers next to each other in the uh, in the locker room there. Like, I do really think they like playing together. They do. And um, you know, it, it, Shaq joked around you know earlier in the week. He's like, "Yeah, not only do I want to be back, I want to keep everyone. I want everyone else, everyone else back. to be back mm-hmm. too." And, you know, we can be the guys who are going out and chasing money, or we can understand that we've got a pretty we good thing. We got thingy. something here, yeah. And it'll be interesting to say, you know, when push comes to shove, how that all kind of pans out because. They're going to be throwing a lot of money at Shaq Barrett. Yeah, not, maybe not so much Jason Pierre-Paul, but they're going to be throwing some money at, at Shaq Barrett. Well, and you wonder, you know, Jason Pierre-Paul is going to be 31, 32 years old. You wonder how, what his value is, right? When he gets out into the market, is there a team that's going to give him big money, or 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 is it such that he would sign back for another year with the Bucks, uh, where they can afford him? They're going to have lots of money under the salary cap, but we don't know what's going to happen with Barrett or Jameis Winston. Um, maybe he gets a discount, but you're right. I mean. Um, you know, they their front seven has played extremely well. Um, they played extremely well on Saturday, I thought. I mean, that's the, that's the crime of this. I mean, you can look at the defense and say there's hope. What it comes down to is this. How do you stand up there and preach ball security when the same guy keeps turning it over right. and you keep losing games as a result of it? Right. You know, I, I think this one was frustrating because of that. It's like I think yeah. we've gone through this this kind of narrative where it's like, when the season began and it was four picks and this is why we're losing. But he had to though, try to throw to right, plays, yeah. But 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 it was kind of like, you know, oh, come on, if we can just get this figured out, then we'll start winning. Then they, they kind of get it figured out and they start winning, right? Mm-hmm. And they win four in a row, even though they're still doing the same stuff. They're still t- turning the ball But the over. defense is better. But the defense is At least early better. in the season, right. you almost had this feeling like, well, Jameis has to go for it, right? right? He has to put up 32 points right. a game, 40 points a game right. because – their defense can't stop right, it. But anybody. now it's the opposite because now that defense is playing better. And, and those guys are kind of like, man, like we, we've had this much growth and everything like that. And here we are back, the same results as we were having in, in the first six weeks of the season. And that's the thing. The thing about it is this, is that Jameis Winston has to understand now where he fits in this whole paradigm, right? That you're not the only reason that, that they're going to win or lose. Because he could play well when they would lose or he could play bad and they would lose. Right. The common denominator um, as my friend Trevor Sigma said, is that they lost. Okay. Right. Well, now, if you play bad, yes, you'll lose. But if you don't play great, you may still win because they're going to keep you in the game. How many times have they, you know, held? Like even on Saturday, they held the, you know, 
the Texans, even after a turnover, to a field goal or no points. You know, once they got the ball right back. I mean, that's the thing. They had a couple turnovers they created themselves. You know, Jamel Dean's interception. Levante David gets a fumble out that Devin White picks up, and if he had broken one tackle, it would have been a touchdown. So they're getting some turnovers now, and they're overcoming his early turnovers, and they're still right there in the game. I mean, who would have thought? Would you have believed that this game would have been tied 17-17 at halftime? With the, with what we saw in the first half, they had four turnovers in the first half. I, I had a, when in, when I tweeted out that the game was tied at halftime, I sent out a meme that said <laughs> that said, "What did I just watch?" <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen anything like that game. Four turnovers in the first half, and you're tied. Yeah, I mean, and it was unbelievable because what's Bill O'Brien thinking? Right. I mean, there were. They're, they're, I can't imagine they were very. They're either locker room was very happy. Was very happy. No, <laughs> which is weird. Get going into a game where you're where you're tied and you have a chance to win it. Oh, I assure you that uh, Bill O'Brien's just happy to get out of here with any kind of a win after the way they played and they didn't play very good. And that's what we knew going in. They're not a great defense. They didn't run the ball. We knew the Bucks could stop the run. DeAndre Hopkins, he didn't he didn't hurt them at all, you know, and. Um, I know Stills was in and out of the game. He he was hurt a little bit or a little nicked up. But really, Deshaun Watson, I thought, did more with his legs on third down than he did with his arm, really, to beat them. Um, so and One thing that we should mention about the Bucks, and despite all the turnovers, is that they played really well up until probably the last couple of possessions. And, and obviously, the highlight is that is that break drop. Mm. But they played very well on third downs. At one oh, point, my God. they were 8 for 12, I think, yeah. at some point midway through the they third quarter. Four in a row on a and, drive and, that they ended up kicking the field goal. Right. And, 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 you know, it, 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 we talk about the fine line. That goes back to it. It's like an eight-minute drive, 16 plays. You you do all this stuff to, and get, you to, get, a field goal. to get through four, four – to convert four third downs, and all you get is a field goal. you got to explain that to me because – Bruce Arians said that he didn't like the play call. I, don't, I still can't understand why he didn't just call timeout. And I can't understand also, have an awareness of where you are in your season. The Texans were coming in here doing anything they could to clinch the division. I mean, this is a big game. They lose this game, then they got to play. You know, the, the Titans and them are in a dogfight again. Um, you literally have you, – you just have house money. Right. You're not going to the postseason. If you're ever going to go for it on fourth down inside somebody's 30-yard line – that's the time to do it. And then you can go, well, yeah, but they went for it on fourth down and break dropped the pass. Who knows what happens? Maybe, you know what? Maybe they don't get it. But you're still only trailing by three with a whole quarter to go. That was the time, right? That was right. the time to put the hammer down and go, you know what? We're not giving up a 15-play drive and settling for three points here. And, like, the, I guess the thing is, like, you got to look at the, the cost versus the, the benefit risk versus reward, the risk-reward, yeah. right? And, and, you know, the, the, the benefit there is you keep momentum in not just in that game – but in the season, right. you know what I mean, and, right. and, and and it gives you a little bit more juice, and and, and like you said, We're you, have, be aggressive. You, you really have nothing to to lose there, you know. Right, you have so much more to gain because, especially because of who you're playing and what they're playing for, right. And, and it's just with a it, whole quarter to go. Yeah, it was a really peculiar call because it didn't necessarily show that very much faith. No, in in a lot of what they were doing at that point, and he's usually a guy who does take you know take that into account, but it was a. It was a really weird, weird kind of play call, and, and this was a kind of a weird game in general. The, the way the, well, the officiating, officiating was, was horrible was horrible in the beginning. Uh, you know, There's no doubt about that. I don't know what pass interference is. Yeah, and, and we've been asking ourselves this question all year long. Today, it was you know Perriman going on a deep route and mm-hmm. basically a guy being on top of him before the ball gets there and not even looking back. You no. know, what I mean, didn't even make face a play guarded on the, and yeah, made contact. He didn't before make a the play ball. on the goal on the ball. Right. So you know that ball that play was reviewed and and just the call stood. And then we had another play where uh, Levante David 
he clearly, uh, you know, strips a ball away. Yep. And because the ball was uh, was called was whistled dead forward progress uh, because of forward progress. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, it was an unreviewable, not not reviewable call, which really got Arians mad because he lost the first one. And so, you know, he was he had a lot to say. I don't know if you saw it. There's a there's a video out there oh. that basically he he he. But let's just say they're not going to be having lunch anytime soon. But um, oh really? <laughs> you know, after the uh, game or uh, no? Before, like after that call, he basically oh, said, yeah. "Get get yeah, the, get, get the, the blank out of get here. the blank out of here." So, well, I saw. Listen, and, and maybe it was just a drink of water. But when the trainer Bobby Slater has to go over and actually hand Bruce Arians a cup of water, and I hope it was just water, maybe with some antacid mixed in it, like it looked like he was taking something for his blood pressure. But he was as that's as I didn't see that. That's as hot. Yeah, I did. That's as hot as I've ever seen him yeah. uh, during the season. I really thought he was going to have trouble there because he's he's been a guy that gets worked up with the officials, and that was it was a badly it was a bad crew, and it seemed like everything went against the and, Bucks. And, there, and, and let's say too that it went both ways. Like it did. There were some plays that the Bucks got that they yeah, should have gotten as the game wore on. So yeah. th- I mean, there was there was definitely just overall it was just bad. You know, the thing is, uh, and you can't get around this. That there's there's a fatigue in the organization with Jameis Winston and sort of a uh, kind of a sort of an uncertainty. Not quite sure what to do with them. Not quite sure how this is going to turn out. Although I would agree that it's more likely than not that he's back next season. But you have to have. Uh, you can't just rely on him this time. It can't just be all about him. And then and then I think while the team loves him, I really do believe that a lot of those players in that locker room would would you know go to war with Jameis any day of the week. They've also got to realize that, you know, we're just we keep putting ourselves or one player keeps putting us in the hole. And I'm just telling you, that's unsustainable is a word you use. I used it in, in my analysis. I think that's the best word. Like, is this sustainable? Yeah. Can you continue to con- do the same thing over and over again? It's not the definition of insanity because I still think he, can, he has an upside. I still think he can get better, but he hasn't. That, and, that, I, and, I just think that's the number one question they have to be asking themselves now at the end of the season, before they've got to make this decision, whatever it is, right. is, is that's just the number one question. Because the thing is, there's nothing that leads us to believe, Rick, that, that he's no going to become a guy who becomes Peyton Manning or becomes, you know, a guy who's only going to throw – like, let's just give him one interception a game, two interceptions a game. Right. I, he just hasn't shown that. Right. You know what I mean? And, 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 and you know, we've poured over the numbers. We've poured over that two, uh, they're that, t- that sixteen year, that seventeen year. Last year was a was kind of a misnomer because of the suspension, everything like that. We talked about that ad nauseum. Right. But you know, th- there's just there's there's you can look at him and pour over him and just there's nothing there to say that he's going to develop into that guy, other than just blind faith, really. Everybody I talked to, and I talked about seven or eight guys and some others that were had weighed in on their own platforms about Jameis. What do you do with them? What do you think about them? And, and Tony Dungy, who coached Peyton Manning and got there in 2 after Manning had actually been to the playoffs a couple times, but the numbers were almost identical with Jameis at that point in his career. And he told he told Peyton about Brett Favre, and he said, you know, we played them in the NFC Central, and I always thought they should have won more, but for Favre's turnovers, you know, that he was the one that had kind of hold them, held them back. And Manning took that to heart, and then for the next, like, six years, you know, he had, I don't know, he turned it around. He had something like, you know, 100 and something, you know, touchdown passes and very few interceptions so I think it was um you know that was the example that Tony used but more people than not thought yeah you know he's got too much talent to give up on one thing too Um, and this is going back a little bit before but you know last week I did the story kind of comparing those numbers between 2001 Peyton and 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 Jameis this year and I was talking to you know someone who was covered the Indianapolis Colts for a long long time and he said that you know 
that, that when, when, when Dungey came in, that Peyton was able to learn that a punt wasn't a bad play. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that, that we'll you know, have that, a defense. That, 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 yeah. We'll that, we have a defense. And the thing is, you know, Jameis should be learning that now. You know, he should I mean, be trusting his he defense. He should be able to trust his defense. That's right. Now, we may, we've not, not been able to say that in week one, week two, week three. But yeah. I think that, that right now, he should know it now. He should know it. You yeah. know, so that that should be start to be ingrained in his head. You know, that, yeah. that, that, that you know, a, a punt gives you field it's position. It's a good thing. Yeah. It's a good thing. But right. If, but, and especially versus the alternative, which is Pick backing, six. Backing, your, backing your defense up or not even giving them a or, chance. Or they're not even on the field. You, you know? get the ball again, they're so, still on the sideline. So one that was actually pretty, pretty interesting thought that I, that I heard is that. You know, that, that before then, Peyton was always just tried to do so much, right? Tried to do everything, right? That he didn't realize, like, you know what? It's not bad. And that's the thing. Like situationally, like an interception in the first quarter is not necessary. Sure. Like you know, it's a zero-zero game. You're giving them seven points if it's a risky throw at all, or you make a bad read, or you make a bad, uh, you know, a bad decision. So. Anyway, that's uh, that's where they're at. They're back under five hundred now. They're seven and eight. A chance to go eight and eight against Atlanta, which has beaten San Francisco on the road and New Orleans on the road. They are not going to come in here and just lay down. They're trying to fight for their coach, uh, Dan Quinn, who who probably will be fired, but we don't know. They're playing um, pretty hard for him. And and you know the Bucks, who were five and three on the road, have not had a good home record. So they need they would like to get this taste out of their mouth and at least go into the off season. I mean, you can spin this in a positive way, and I know Bruce Arians will try. If they can get to eight and eight, you know, winning six out of their last eight games is not an easy thing to do. Um, and you know, he'll he'll figure out the Winston mess later. Um, but I think it's going to be very very important for them on a holiday week where they're off on Wednesday for Christmas. We will be as well, but we will have you uh, guys on the podcast all week long. We got shows for you Monday through Friday as usual. Going to talk to PJ Fleck. You'll hear from him. Of course, the Minnesota former Bucks receivers coach is playing. In the Outback Bowl uh, against Auburn, um, and so we'll preview that. We'll hear from Diana Neros to talk a little about the Lightning as they go into their Christmas break, and they got some work to do, that's for sure. Especially after that last game, Andre Vasilevsky not exactly playing stellar to say the least. So lots coming up on the podcast this week. We appreciate you guys listening for Eduardo Encina and my friend Steve Verstick, our producer, Strickster out of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. 